Alright, come at the time, come at the moment right here on your best bits of music now upon 4 Capital FM. Uh, good afternoon. No, actually it's evening. Good evening. How are you doing? Charles Carey, of course, on The Legal Insider. Happens every Thursday where we thrash out as much as possible using uh, the, the Watu's language, of course, uh, coming from Mutua Mutuku, advocate of the High Court, who's always with me. Nick Ndeda, by the way, uh, is busy a bit, just a wee bit. But thank you so much, Nick Ndeda. We spoke last week. And uh, good things he's doing. He'll be joining us at some point, but he'll be coming in as a guest because Mutuku Mutua. Congratulations, you've taken over, Oleg. Thank well you, done. <laughs> and Mutuku, how are you? Uh, how's your day? How's your week, sir? Oh, damn. Oh, it's been... Um, it's, I've had a great weekend. All right. Yeah. A great week, uh-huh. if I could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a good sporting uh, weekend for me. It was. It was indeed, yes. yes. Uh, you, golf. So you, you golf. Yeah, we were, were there, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> golf was there. Happened. Yeah. Uh, we had a good uh, Kenya mm-hmm. Open. Mm-hmm. Um, Ireland, um, Ireland did the thing. Grand mm-hmm. Slam is coming. Mm-hmm. And of course, my, non, my non-descript team is making it to the Kenya Cup playoffs. We beat uh, those KU students and uh, whatnot, you know. Yeah. But then also I I had a moment of um, um, a small reunions with so many people. Mm-hmm. It uh, would have been done in better circumstances. So mm-hmm. as as I told you, I was burying one of my closest friends' Poly, mothers today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's been a mixed bag of emotions. But uh, here we are, and we have fantastic, fantastic guests. Yes, today. we yes. do. If you just tuned in, Mutuku Mutua is the one who will be doing this. He's a great guy. He's a serializer in the nation newspapers. He's a, he's a star nowadays, but I'm proud of you. you know, I have stars today. <laughs> I have stars. Yes, you think we I'm do. a star, I we have do. stars. We do have stars. Yeah. A great conversation is going to be happening today. So, gentlemen, welcome to Capital FM. Thank you so much. Karibu sana. Karibu sana. Okay, let's start on, on the far, on my left or right? Yeah, on my, is it left? Yes. Welcome, sir. Um, thank you so much Tell uh, us who for having you are, me sir. show. Yes. Yeah, my name is uh, Philip Kisaka. I'm a lawyer and advocate of the High Court of Kenya. Mm-hmm. I'm also a data protection and privacy practitioner in Kenya. So I'm excited to be here and to speak no legalese here today. So trying to break <laughs> down every legal jargon into simple, understandable English. Welcome, Philip Kisaka. Yeah, good evening, everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Mugambi Laibuta. I'm also an advocate of the High Court of Kenya, uh, data protection uh, specialist. And I'm happy to be here. To yes. Why didn't you say doctor? Uh, no. Oh yeah. You he's, know, he's actually doctor. What are you hiding? It's for somebody else to call me doctor. But yes, doctor Mugambi Laibuta. Fake modesty. Fake modesty. I have to look humble, Bana. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Kerry, for having us. I'm James Mbugwa. I'm also Akili with this case. I'm also. Uh, part of the Data Protection and Governance Society of Kenya, where I serve as a treasurer. And I'm happy to be here to discuss one or two things to do with the data protection. All right, super. I, I like that. Uh, a lawyer who's uh, uh, handling money. That's a good thing. It's a good sign. <laughs> Welcome so much, gentlemen. And uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure he has told you uh, uh, the various topics that we'll be having on the show. And as much as possible, let's not, keep, let's not do that legalese that you're having in the boardroom. At some point, I floated. I was like, okay, what's that now? Now, what is that? But nonetheless, Karibuni Sana. Question, first question, okay? And that's the elephant in the room. Have you voted, gentlemen? Yes, there is evidence here. I've voted. Okay, yeah. all right. Mugambi has <laughs> voted, yes. <laughs> Philip? I mean, yeah, um, I've voted, and uh, I think we all need to just raise our fingers and uh, we'll be able yes, to tell who's please, not voted. Yes, please, so please, please. Yeah. There's someone sitting to my right. Uh, yes. I don't know if he's voted. 
James Bugo, James Bugo has disappeared. Oh, there you are. <laughs> no, no. <coughs> Sorry, I, oh, yeah. I, could, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't make it. Okay. And, and, and I, didn't, I didn't realize these guys are going to expose me here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> as long as my lecturers voted, I've also voted. Oh, yeah, so, I yes. see. So you did vote at Butuku. No, no, I didn't. Okay, yeah, yes. for various reasons. Okay, gentlemen, let's get into uh, this topic, the LSK elections. Just an overview, just an overview what what all of you think about and do, who do you think uh, will be sitting on that chair? They'll be, what, the 51st president, I guess? Yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah. Mugambi, let's start with you. Just an overview, by the way. Um, I think these elections, uh, they come at a point where there are quite a number of issues being raised about uh, the constitutionality of a lot of things. I mean, uh-huh. whether the, the legality or what the government is doing follows the constitution. Mm-hmm. One of it being, for example, the, the housing levy, uh, the issue of uh, SHIF, the social health insurance fund. Oh, yeah, There's yeah. been the debate between the executive, uh, the president and uh, state house and the chief justice and the judicial service commission about the president complaining about how the judiciary is delivering service and i think those will be the elephants in the room for the people who who will now be elected to those positions especially the president and the representative or the male uh, representatives uh, for for the jsc mm-hmm. there's also a recruitment of judges uh, uh, coming up the of course we as members of the law society will be interested in about that process there have been questions about uh, the conduct of judicial officers mm-hmm. So the president, whoever becomes the president of the LSK and the male representative for the Judicial Service Commission, mm-hmm. I think these are issues they, they, they really need uh, uh, to tackle. And also the fact that uh, there seemingly there's a handshake. There's a new handshake okay. uh, in the room. <laughs> so that, that, of course, may have dynamics about how, how justice, how the rule of law is practiced within the republic. Okay, fantastic. Uh, Philip, you, you said you actually voted. And of course, you know the nitty-gritty. What is it exactly that they look for if you have to sit on that chair? What is it? What are some of the things that they say, uh, okay, Philip has got this, Mugabe doesn't, Mugo wakonayo lakini anahi, Mutu wakonayo lakini anahi. So the best person for this job would be Philip Kisaka. What is it that they were exactly looking for? Of course, with every election, um, there's always the perspective of the, the electorate and then the perspective of the body administering the elections. Mm-hmm. And so um, from the perspective of a member of the Law Society of Kenya, mm-hmm. that being a lawyer, mm-hmm. uh, the thing we'd be looking at first of all, and this is a discussion that has been doing rounds mm-hmm. on social media, is on the likability of the candidate who is vying for a certain position. So you'll find many candidates lost that um, 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 uh, uh, pool with the people at the initial stages of where either they were lecturers to these um, lawyers and they did not treat them in a way that they felt was just. So you mm-hmm. you find that the primary point or the primary thing that many people are using to decide is who are you as a person? And I'm speaking of this in terms of non-legal qualifications, sort of soft qualifications that the electorate would look at. Number two, they would look at your track record in terms of have you participated in public litigation? What is your quote-unquote win rate in such uh, public litigation matters? Mm-hmm. Um, also, how how... how what are your networks in terms of do you have access to certain people in government and all that? Because the Law Society of Kenya plays the cl- crucial role of also 
overseeing or looking and um, scrutinizing what the government does. So from the electorate side, of course, is that. But from the the, the electoral body side, which means LSK's rules on uh, vying, then different positions mm-hmm. have different qualifications. I know at least for the president, mm-hmm. you must have been uh, a member of good standing for 15 years. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then, you know, so many other rules in terms of what you need to have as hard qualities for you to qualify. Of course, integrity and all that mm-hmm. also come into play. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Bugua. Mm. <coughs> no, I agree, I agree with Philippa that um, one, one of the dynamics that um, really came up very early on in, in these campaigns was um, the impact of the young bar. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so the young bar, I mean, these are, you know, recently qualified uh, graduates. Uh, one of the things that we have had in the industry is that um, uh, quite a number of institutions have been uh, licensed or accredited to provide uh, legal education. Mm-hmm. So we've had more and more lawyers graduating from from um, from college, from university. And that's a good thing, isn't it? Well, it's a good thing, <coughs> yeah. but <coughs> also at the same time is that um, so the numbers, the demographics of these elections have really shifted towards, uh, shifted the power towards the young bar. Mm-hmm. So the so one of the things that w- I would say is that the young bar and like um, mm-hmm. um, like um, Philip is saying, mm-hmm. um, that's why some of the candidates because they were very recently the lecturers to some of these uh, lawyers, that's why it has been a factor how they treated um, these young lawyers, mm-hmm. and they're taking that to heart. So when they come in to vote, they're actually <laughs> saying this person, their personality is this way. Are you saying I should avoid? Just about to ask because always is smiling over here. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, if you uh, if you've been a good um, uh, lecturer or somebody who's understanding, yeah. uh, then I think um, peop- this this ki- well, not let's not call them kids. The um, the young bar would be looking at you favorably. And oh, if oh. you are too strict, okay. then... Uh, <coughs> yes, yes, yes. I want to say the elephant in the room. Okay. I've seen the campaigns take an ugly an ugly route. I've seen um, 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 candidates being um, endorsed by their... Um, um, I mean, their tribal um, uh, political groupings. Oh, no. I've also seen um, um, some... Um, very elderly statesmen who do not have a vote at the LSK and those certain people. I have also seen politicians saying they will not vote for um, state candidates. I've seen the young bar being used in a very negative way. I think I, last, last, last Saturday I saw people fighting. We, we've never stopped that law. Young lawyers fighting each other mm. because of elections. I've seen young lawyers being given a lot of alcohol just to, you know, to shout, to shout the highest, to heckle people. Mm. I've seen the ugly side of it. I've seen a side of LSK that many people might not want to associate themselves mm-hmm. with. So it's, 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 it's a 50-50 way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is what it is, man. Wow, it is what it is. I was just reading something here in one of the um, the interviews that they had for the uh, former Law Society of Kenya President Nelson Harvey, and he was asked this question. I want anyone yeah, to jump into this one. What is the future of the legal profession? What do you think are the dangers facing it? And he answers, the future of the profession is endangered, endangered sorry, as I sit here as a sad man. Those endangering it are the young lawyers, as you said. <laughs> they want to get rich quickly. 
That is where they are complaining about the LSK MOU with the Financial Reporting Center to go money laundering and all that. They want to drive Range Rovers and TXs, and they're just starting out. They should take time to actually vie for these seats after God knows how many years. What do you think? <laughs> like Mugambi, you're laughing. <laughs> no, I'm no, it's actually in the no, papers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm also a lecturer, mm -hmm. so I do understand the position of the young advocates. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's a problem because we society evolves over time. Okay. And the practice of young lawyers, for example, is different from mm -hmm. the society mm -hmm. of the senior lawyers. Mm -hmm. For example, the opportunities that are presented to young lawyers today mm -hmm. are quite different from, for example, it's not only litigation or conveyancing or commercial practice mm -hmm. that a young advocate can get into. Mm -hmm. So I think what we are missing is that a lot of the older or the more senior advocates are thinking using a mentality of when they were younger advocates. Because we have young advocates who have, and not just talking young advocates, young professionals mm -hmm. who have exploited opportunities that are there. For example, we here, uh, we are members of the Data Privacy and Governance Society. Okay. Data has become the new thing. I mean, yes. it's the biggest thing. People are calling it the new oil. Mm -hmm. Data is the new bacon. I mean, there, there are a lot of money. Uh, there are a lot of words that are being bacon, used. bacon, <laughs> bacon, because bacon is sweet. Eh? Bacon, uh, <laughs> bacon, you yeah. bacon. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so in 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 my view, the, the challenge is that it's not that uh, young lawyers want to get rich quick. Of course, we all want to drive a Range Rover. Of course, or, or yes. that. But the thing is that the, the, the bigger question for me is that what opportunities are we creating? And is the society evolving? Is the law society evolving as society is evolving? Because society now is moving towards technology. Okay. And mm. the older practitioners are still, even now with even with the online courts, there are still practitioners who are saying, yeah. we really want to go back to physical courts. But We had that conversation last week. Remember, yeah. Mutuku guys, these guys yeah. don't want to change. They want to do things the way yeah. they used to do it back in so the day. So I think in his comment, his part, I think from his comment, what I can say is that he's part of the old uh, way of thinking. Okay. For me, there's opportunity for young lawyers. Mm -hmm. There's opportunities for young professionals. The question is, how are they mentored and shepherded towards, shepherd towards that? And like us, for example, as uh, members of the Data Privacy and Governance Society, which mm -hmm. I'm the chairperson, mm -hmm. we are mentoring young lawyers, young professionals. Actually, more than 60% of our membership is young professionals, people who have been out of college less than five years ago. Oh. And, and and with this, we see what are the opportunities for young lawyers. They don't need to go to court. They, not, they, they don't need to use a mashamba. They don't need to do uh, conveyancing. Mm. Yeah. The opportunities out there that they can leverage on and that also that leveraging on that mentorship has to come from the society. Correct. And the law society itself, because it's still in the old thinking, has not moved from that. And that's why oh we have this society that is providing this mentorship and this kind of direction. Oh, wow. Wow. Fantastic. Yes, Mutua. I have something to say. Mm -hmm. I have words to get off my chest. Mm -hmm. I find it quite <laughs> ironic, quite ironic that someone who the first time he tried to vie for presidency, he couldn't vie because of age. When he was given an opportunity to vie for presidency, he ran to the young bar and he called it the brave new bar. He's the same person today oh. who's speaking ill of the young bar after he has done everything possible to get to the presidency on the back of the young bar. Again, I find it ironic that who's training the young bar? They've come through the hands of the senior advocates. Even if they've not come through the hands of the, the senior advocates, they have been brought up as kids by the same people. It's a reflection of the society. So I find it quite ironic. Just to no add, add on to that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <coughs> Well, especially when there's a bit of um, um, 
a political divide uh, or there is a seemingly you know uh, the differences between maybe the the ruling political class mm-hmm. and the wakilis um you obviously going to see uh, people being recruited into the debate of the day um i mean if you think about the likes of uh, gitobu ibanyara the likes of muite martha karua they were they were very young lawyers when they were getting into this this whole politics yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, being drawn into opposition politics mm-hmm. or basically the, op- the the politics of the day um in this instance we've also had the political class wedding um and maybe not directly into the elections but they've been talking about mm-hmm. uh the judiciary they've been talking about wakilis they've been talking about we are going to get people elected in the LSK who uh may be friendly so obviously that is likely to rile up things you you're going to see other people wedding other political political leaders wedding so um i don't think that indictment by uh Javi, the president emeritus uh is really warranted i think it's um, alarmist and uh, probably you know uh, should be taken with a grain of salt. All right. Thank you so much for that. Listen, gentlemen, it's getting hard in here. I like it. <laughs> take a short break, uh, take a breather, then we can come back and uh, talk some more about this one because I know you have a. Uh, I guess if Philip was looking at me like, wait, my time now. It's my turn now. <laughs> yeah. But don't forget, from seven o'clock, we'll get into the nitty gritties as data protection. All right. So stand by for that one more. And nine, uh, hashtag legal insider, hashtag quick one, Wakili, 0701984984. 15 minutes to seven o'clock. Exactly, 13 minutes to 7 o'clock right here on your best mix of music in 9.4 Capital FM. Good evening, hi, Irene. welcome again to the Legal Insider where we do this every Thursday. Interesting topic, we just talked about the LSK and the elections. There's so much to talk about even what Nelson Harvey said, who he believes should be actually seated with the 51st president of the LSK. But we will know, I think by later today, I'm sure I'm going to go to Yes, around uh, by 7, 7, 8 we'll have... Not their full results, but we'll have an idea of an um, idea. Yeah. Yes. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. Right, talk to us. This conversation continues. 0701984984. Hashtag quick one wakili. Hashtag the legal insider. Mutua. Yeah, so I keep telling people, if you're not seated here, you're not the future. If you're not listening to this show, you're not the future. Oh, I like that. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, um, we call him Olez. I don't know. He will tell us. Maybe he'll tell us <laughs> what that means. <laughs> Mentioned something about data being the new oil. So, oh, yeah. right? Yes. And I'm seated with three gentlemen mm-hmm. who are founding members, founding elected officials, or nominated officials, or whatever that is. They are going to tell us. Mm-hmm. One is the chair. Kisaka, you're there? Uh, organizing, secretary. organizing secretary. And James, the treasurer. Yes. yes. So, let them tell us what is Data Governance Society of Kenya. Um, yes, so uh, the Data Privacy and Governance Society of Kenya, um, its history comes from the enactment of the Data Protection Act. I think, as we all know, the we've we've seen these debates about data in Kenya, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, for example, about for example, like photos in clubs where people are complaining, why are you taking my photo in the club and I'm a pastor and people will see me. Yeah. <laughs> I was in this club or another. By the way, that, that, that one is huge, by the yeah. way. Yeah. And we've seen people complaining about getting texts by these digital lenders. Mm. So somebody, your friend, uh, got some money somewhere uh, from a digital lender, then you're st- you being told, Laibuta has not paid 
400 shillings. Tell him to pay immediately or we'll shame him. So, oh. so that brought this issue of the right to privacy and uh, issues of data protection. So in 2019, we had the Data Protection Act. So what this required is that um, organizations all over the country had to put in mechanisms to comply with the Data Protection Act. So at that time, there are very few professionals or people who understood. And um, data protection complies. It's not just lawyers. We have people in IT because data protection has issues to do with technology. We have uh, auditors. Um, we have lawyers like myself. So we have different professionals within that. Then at some point, we realized um, we, we are all groping in the dark because this is a new area in Kenya. Um, some of us had uh, trained on this issue from outside the country. So it's so how, how is it that we can build each other and mentor each other in this new space? Because even then, the data commissioner had not been, uh, the data commissioner, Commissioner Kasait, uh, had not been put into office. So then she was put into office. The office of the data protection commissioner was, was, was uh, operationalized. And the bigger question was that everybody was doing things in a, si was doing things in a silo. Myself was practicing data protection alone. Then we realized there's actually a group of people or a group of professionals who are thinking about data protection compliance. So we thought, how do we come together? So we started as a loose uh, conversation. How do we mentor each other? What problems are you facing in doing your work and that? And then at some point we realized it would be better if we created a profession around this and come up with a society or an association that will really champion for, for ourselves. So we decided to come up with the Data Privacy and Governance Society of Kenya. We registered as a society. And one thing we said is that we will include everybody who is within this space and also interested. So whether you have qualifications in data protection compliance or not, or you are university students, you are welcome. So we, have, we got represent, representatives from academia, from civil society, from public sector, from private sector, from lawyers, from techies, and from university students. And we said, let's cre create a society where one, we can mentor each other. Secondly, we can look at our own welfare. Thirdly, we can monitor how the law is evolving in this space of data protection. Also, how do we engage the regulator? Because the uh, commissioner, Kasait, the data commissioner, was in office at that point. And then we say, as professionals, we need to engage the regulator from mm -hmm. time to time. And it's easier if we engage the regulator as a unit, as a group, as a society of professionals. And with that, we formed uh, the society. Our society has had uh, quite a number of um, activities. Now we have around 450 signed up uh, members. Um, I think my colleagues will talk about some of the some of the projects that we have. But just to mention, one of the things that we do is that there are two things that I mentioned that I'm really proud of. One is that we mentor university students. The University of Nairobi has a Data Privacy and Governance Association. Mm -hmm. And now I think it has a membership of over 200. And there we provide mentorship to these university students. And secondly, every month we have what we call co continuous professional development where we discuss a topic of interest with the members. That issue could be like the issue of Casavera. You remember the Casavera mm -hmm. issue? Mm -hmm. It could be the issue of digital yeah. lenders. Yes. It could be the issue of WorldCoin. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that sharpens our minds and just to know what, what are different professionals in our field, what are the challenges they are facing, what are the emerging issues like AI. And I think with that we've, we've really grown individually and as a society. All right, uh, Philip. Yeah, uh, probably to just to pick it up from there. Yes. Um, as a society, we've also engaged in um, certain um, uh, awareness campaigns. For instance, uh, for members, we have what we call continuous professional development 
uh, webinars every month okay. just to delve into sensitive topics within the data protection space. Mm-hmm. We've also collaborated with a number of external partners, including the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner. We have also engaged in uh, trainings with uh, uh, Scratch and Script, who are carrying out cybersecurity and data protection training for young professionals across Africa. And we, we are doing all this from a position of uh, volunteering. You may think that um, since you're talking about the Law Society of Kenya, so the data, pri- data Privacy and Governance Society of Kenya also has similar kind of uh, politics. I can assure you, Oles was voted in unanimously. We and will talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and there were no, yeah you know, Mutua, Mutua hinted at that and was like voted, nominated, appointed, self-imposed. And so the society is speaking up and we are excited to see what uh, the future holds. I'll just speak again on the young professionals because this is a new thing and it's technology-based. So you will find most of the membership you're having right now is of young people because these are the people who are trying to, you know, go off the beaten path. They are trying to find new ways to generate um, income or new ways to chart out their professional careers. So you will find that most people in this space are young people, but we're also saying that it cuts across because if you do not adapt as a, a professional in this space, then it becomes hard for you to you know, meet the requirements of your organizations uh, moving forward. Yeah. All right, interesting. Uh, yeah, <coughs> yeah and, um, like, like the gentlemen have said, um, we came in a time with, when the, the law had just been passed. Mm-hmm. So fairly, you know, uh, very little understanding in terms of awareness mm-hmm. uh, in the general population that is supposed to be conversant with this law. The regulator um, or the office of the regulator itself was quite young. So they were still trying to build capacity. So <clears throat> in a sense, um, they have been uh, growing that capacity and even uh, the wisdom around which, because a lot of the, these issues that are coming up, yeah. um, they are issues that had not been confronted before. So uh, we, ha- we didn't have decisions, like say we could refer to from maybe the court. So when uh, you have these issues, for instance, of the, um, a school using people's uh, um, the children's photos, mm-hmm. um, and the parent complains. Uh, even the school itself probably uh, suffered from uh, you know little awareness. So um, the journey that we've been trying to walk is more is um, yeah, as much as they're the regulator. Mm-hmm. We also try to work together mm-hmm. um, to build this awareness and also to build capacity because uh, a law for it to to succeed requires it to be as widely known as possible. Mm-hmm. And we are finding that a lot of people now, is only now when they actually uh, understand it. When the regular starts issuing fines, you hear that a small school has been fined 5 million, <laughs> or four, was it 4.5? Or a nightclub <coughs> has also been fined. So people start asking themselves, what exactly is this law? Eh? Mm-hmm. And who, who, I mean, what are we supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Um, in, a, in my previous life, when I was in the media and communication sector, a lot of people, I went to, in fact, in December, I went to, um, was it, yeah, November, to mm-hmm. the annual summit of the, uh, the Public Relations Society. Okay. And I found this again to be a very major concern because these are people who hold events, uh, media events or corporate events where photos, photographs are taken. Yeah, all uh, over the place. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. And so people, <laughs> now it's only when they're asking themselves, okay, what exactly are we supposed to do? So you, as you can see, the awareness has been kidogo, 
but even the the wisdom the jurist britain sorry not the legalist the legalist he did it fast that would be kind we've been crossing we've been crossing our fingers yeah but the thinking around it okay okay what should we do yes exactly it had not yet been developed so yeah it is it's now that guys are now coming up with and okay this is what you're supposed to do because i have a situation and this guy he actually told me there was a time uh they were doing a serialization about police brutality and all that mm-hmm. i remember he had an altercation one time with uh, with a cop and <laughs> a reporter took a photo mm-hmm. so when he was reading this about police brutality i, I know this when he turned the page it was him, it was, it was him <laughs> <a> policeman <laughs> grabbing him <laughs> and he was like i so he had to go to the yeah, the, the, the same place and tell them to remove it but already yeah. even that in itself had done had caused some damage to him yeah. so we want to talk about compensation something like that happens mm-hmm. i'm seated somewhere with tour and like mm-hmm. Buta here we're just having a sandwich yeah. the, the, the ham sandwich when he said that's a new the yeah. new new <laughs> normal <laughs> then someone, t- <laughs> someone takes a photo and I'm like I am Zeban I'm yeah. just enjoying here it gives you yeah. that right to mm-hmm. do that <clears throat> and there's so yeah. many that uh, things yeah you're going to say something sorry yeah. sir no yeah. I, I mean those are kind of situations that are confronting people even like like your guy mm-hmm. um you know he finds himself in a in a photograph mm-hmm. he's being manhandled by cops yeah so Uh, fortunately um the law does provide a few exemptions so you'll find that if it's for journalistic purposes mm-hmm. then there may be an exemption or if the person is a public figure like a policeman is a public figure uh-huh. uh, who has uh, who is held to certain standards in mm-hmm. society yeah. and uh, especially on uh, the rule of law which we say should also apply to him as as uh, far as it applies to other people so he cannot go uh, manhandling people if okay. he are not allowed so but those exemptions are the few Uh, f- in general you are supposed to uh, as much as possible protect somebody's privacy we'll come into that as we get to the nitty gritties mutua before we get to the um, so um just as you're speaking mm-hmm. uh, mr lebuta said that the membership is about 450 now and about 200 students right no no actually the the 400 are minus the students minus the students so if we had the students uh, it could be around 600, 600. Yeah. yes that, that's that's a big that's a big vehicle so what are some of the challenges that you are facing as a society i'm so sure you talk to your members every day you 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 founded this thing so what are some of the challenges that um, you guys are facing so you guys anyone can take yes anyone uh, can take as soon as we go to the news and then we'll take this short break and then you can come back and answer that question but good right. one by the way good one and then let's get into the practical analogies where you came across a situation and you had to handle this person uh, properly in court and all the challenges that come with it because that's what people want to hear it's about i've been there so i need to look for mbugwa or uh, uh philip and then they can uh, because someone here is asking this is zike is asking uh at the jam 94 sick area uh, a quick one wakili the data wakili uh, are good do you offer pro bono services on data matters those are the questions now you guys will uh, will answer all right more coming up 0701984984 uh quick one wakili well six minutes past seven o'clock right here on your best picture music and upon four capital from good evening We've just you did yes it's the legal insider happens every thursday uh with myself charles kiari and of course uh, my uh, serial laser become uh, a big star nowadays tukumutua advocate of the high court aku enjoy too brother don't worry <laughs> And uh, yeah, we're talking about data protection. Thank you so much. We just tuned in, Jack Nyamoya. Thank you so much. Um, we watched you this today doing your stuff. That was very good, brother. Thank you so much. Zero seven zero one nine four nine four. Hashtag quick one. Wakili, Mutua.
Um, I don't have much to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we are just going to get to Kisaka. He tells us, uh, he answers the questions mm-hmm. from where we left. Okay. Philip. Yep. Um, thank you very much. So I think we left it at um, the challenges that are facing either the, the professionals in this space yes. or just general, generally the uptick of uh, data protection and uh, privacy within the country. So mm-hmm. with the professionals, the first thing is in terms of um, um, uh, remuneration. Mm-hmm. So since this is a new thing, it's a novel thing in the country, most people do not know how they need or should price their services. Mm-hmm. And so you find some certain services have been um, grossly underpriced, which mm-hmm. makes it very chaotic because, um, as always would tell you, most of the jobs nowadays, the professionals, the proper professionals are doing, are repeat jobs. So someone came and said, ah, this one I can do for 5,000 Kenya shillings. And uh, while in fact, uh, the market rate would be something like 450,000 and uh, something of that sort. So that has been a very heavy thing in terms of the professionals in the space. Number two is in terms of awareness. Now, this is for the general public. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of gaps in awareness. We know the ODPC has tried. They've mm-hmm. tried to, you know, do the awareness campaigns through the country and have regional chapters through the country. But still, there's that level of uh, an awareness mm-hmm. where we're seeing, uh, as Mbugo had said earlier, that there are certain exceptions to, you know, the Data Protection Act, such things like household purposes. Mm-hmm. So household purposes means like we are in studio here and I take a selfie and I post on my Instagram. Um, I, I don't expect anyone here to complain and say that that data has been, uh, you know, especially if I'm not using it. I know the professionals here are looking at me <laughs> always wants to kill me. So always looking at uh, you like, protect, mm, are you sure? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Kiara, protect your guests. Protect, okay, yeah, protect your guests. I got yeah. you, I got Thank you. you. Thank yeah, you very much. Welcome. Yeah. So you also look at... Um, a lot of the other challenges are, are challenges that are faced in the work, uh, work environment. So other people are doubling up in their roles while in fact a data protection officer, as we say, in an organization should be an independent role. And all these things are simply boiling down back to the fact that awareness is not um, um, as robust as it should be. So there's awareness on data subject or there's awareness on the people side. But in terms of awareness of how organizations should run departments for data protection, awareness in terms of remuneration is not there. So you'll find um, another challenge is that there are so many complaints that are coming up that are not even things related to you know data protection. Yeah. Someone just feels like, look, there's free money here. Um, let me try sue because someone else sued and um, they got this compensation from the uh, from the data protection commissioner. But if I was to summarize all these challenges I'm speaking about um, in one simple term is awareness, lack of awareness, in uh, yeah. lack of sufficient awareness. Yeah, I know okay. ODPC might be listening and they might be saying that we've, we've done this and that, but I think it's not sufficient to the extent that will now warrant a more um, data privacy mature uh, um, 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 citizenship in Kenya. Okay. Uh, Ole. Yes. Someone here is asking, what exactly is this Data Protection Act? What is it exactly? So, um, in 2010, mm-hmm. we promulgated, in August 27th, August 2010, we mm-hmm. promulgated the Constitution of Kenya. Mm-hmm. And within that Constitution, Article 31 has the right to privacy. Mm-hmm. And this right to privacy says, I mean, the aspects of privacy is that uh, you you have a right to have certain aspects of your life not to be revealed publicly. Or even if they are revealed, there has to be a reason as to why they are being revealed. And with that, in 2019, November 2019, uh, Kenya enacted a Data Protection Act. So this Data Protection Act uh, comes from that Article 31 on the right to privacy. Mm-hmm. So what the Data Protection Act provides is that, uh, okay, you can take people's private information 
but you have to follow some certain basic principles and you have to follow some certain basic processes. For example, the Data Protection Act identifies, uh, it says personal data is any information that can identify you. We can identify you by your name, your IDTC. Then it also identifies some of what we call sensitive personal data. For example, my health status, my marital status, uh, my, my sex, matters relating to my property. That is more is sensitive, so it requires a higher level of protection. Okay. And this act also says, in the event that you want my personal information, you need a reason. Why are you taking my data? For example, if I'm out there, we're out there and uh, we are just uh, gallivanting around the city, if you're taking our photo, what are you going to use it for? Mm -hmm. You also need to ask yourself, for example, for consent. Consent is one of the pillars of data protection. Yeah. Before you take people's information, because, for example, uh, if somebody is getting into the mall and you want them to write their name on a book, you have to tell them, why are you, why are you doing that? And you need their consent. If you're taking, like what James was saying, I think he was mentioning about uh, children. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, taking yeah. children's photos in a school, in you a need school. consent from their guardians. Mm. Then it also talks about, just collect the data you need, what we call data <coughs> minimization. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, I mean, when we're here at Capitol, you don't need to know my religious beliefs, you don't need to mm -hmm. know my political affiliation. No, it is irrelevant, yeah. okay? Then something else, you need to keep my data secure. And how do you keep it secure? Is it under lock and key? Do you need a password? Do you need a VPN? Do you need th those kind of uh, principles? And it also says, in the event that your collection and storing of data might cause harm to people, you need to carry out an assessment and see what are the potential risks and how you're going to mitigate those risks. It also says if you have um, if you have uh, had an in, uh, a security incident or a data breach, you need to remedy it. One by reporting to the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner, the ODPC. Secondly, you need to remedy your system so that that breach doesn't occur again. It also provides you and I, as Kenyans, the opportunity to complain if somebody uses your data uh, wrongly. Remember, like when we were registered in political parties, mm -hmm. and we were like, "I, I mean, how did how I get? Did I get how, how did, how, how yeah. did I get here?" Yeah. <laughs> so, with that, then you have a right to complain. Mm -hmm. At that point, yeah. you are right. People complain to the office of the data protection commissioner and also to the registrar of political parties. So, it provides us these rights. It also provides me a right to ask for, for example, if I'm, let's assume I've been an employee of Capital for X number of years, I have a right to go there and ask for a copy of, for example, my personnel file. Maybe mm -hmm. I want to apply for something mm -hmm. ETC. To my bank, I have a right to go and ask for my bank statement since that, you know. I have a right to have my data corrected if there is faulty data, if they have said I'm, I'm female instead of male or male instead of female or they are said my date of birth is wrong. They have a right, I have a right to go and say, please correct this and delete the wrong information. So that is what the Data Protection Act does. And it also establishes this office we are calling ODPC, Office of the Data Protection Commissioner, who is the custodian or the regulator in this sense. So if you want to complain, you complain to the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner. If, uh, if, an organization, if an organization is not complying, the person to crack the whip is the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner. So in, in basic, that, that is a general overview of what this Data Protection Act is all about. And also remember, there's uh, this global conversation about mm. data, big data, as we said. <laughs> Some people say data is the new oil. Some people call data bacon because they say, you know, once you start eating bacon, you don't want to stop. Mm -hmm. So once you start <laughs> gobbling data, mm -hmm. you don't want to stop. And I, I hope that answers the question. Okay, fantastic. Very quickly, Mutua, uh, this was to, to James. Here you are, and someone has used your information wrongly. So I go to the Office of the Data Protection uh, Commissioner. Commissioner. Uh, yeah. 
and uh, I'm very angry and, and I'm like I, I don't like what Philip did with that photo of mine yeah. and I'm not happy about it and I've tried to communicate to Philip Philip is not listening to me so now I need you to represent me and I need you to tell him to give me 10 million shillings okay yeah well <laughs> well ten, <coughs> 10 million yes yeah only only I'm just saying if somebody might look at that and say yeah. I can make money out of this because yeah and many Corsair yeah yeah you see so I the monetary you. aspect how where does it come in because someone will be like i'm mm. listening to this show and somebody has wronged me yes and i need to make money off this person to teach them a lesson to do it again yeah well o- o- yeah. obviously obviously one, one of the uh, the primary motives of having the law in place obviously is to uh, protect your privacy yeah? okay um this is to say that your your data like like uh, uh like buddha said you share that data because uh, it is needed for a particular purpose, mm-hmm. and you've agreed with that person mm-hmm. that they need it for that given purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in a way, it's a it's a it's a magnification of what has been happening with doctors, uh, because for the longest time, with doctors, you have you have a, a doctor patient. Uh, Confidentiality. confidentiality. So, so your medical exactly. information exactly. really is. It is assumed that it is held um, confidential. Yes, Confi- it is confidential and it is not released to people who mm-hmm. it is not supposed to be released to. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing, almost the same thing with the lawyers um, in terms of uh, attorney-client uh, privilege. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is what has been happening. So if if somebody breaches or rather shares that information with somebody who they are not supposed to, then they are in breach of your privacy rights, and therefore. Uh, you can take um, you can take remedial action against them. Like you've said, maybe the first thing you said is you talk to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, told them, uh, please take down that my photo. Mm-hmm. I don't want it on your FB. I don't mm-hmm. want it on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on and so forth. And and that even in other legal regimes we call it uh, take down notices. They, oh, it's recognized okay. that uh-huh. uh, sometimes if you give somebody notice that you are not happy with information or uh, or a picture of yours they've put up there. Uh, you give them time to take it down, and they comply. Then uh, you know it's all good because I mean the the threat has gone. But now in the last instance, what has been happening is obviously you have recourse to the office of the data protection commissioner, and you go and say these people have violated my rights. They have used my image, and uh, they are not supposed to. Mm-hmm. I do not give them permission, mm-hmm. and I I tend to feel that they are commercially benefiting from the use of this That's, image. Yeah, I wanted to okay. hear that, yeah. Yeah, so maybe they put it up in a newsletter that uh, advertises their services, billboard. Uh, a few of the, a few of some of the clients, I, I, or rather potential clients I talked to, they say, oh, I was, uh, we put up a, a billboard, somebody came and said, this is actually my picture. We had been told it is somebody from SA, so, but we, it turns out it's somebody from here. So <laughs> the, that sort of thing. Wow. And, and you pay them, <laughs> oh, and so wow. you're, you're forced to pay them. James, um, right, James, James you're being paid for these things. Yeah, so no, you, when you talk, you talk <laughs> to them, you know, you first of all, you... Uh, uh, kill you. you try to understand of course, yes. yeah. what the problem that is ailing this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you should say, because it, and this is also a challenge in the enforcement of this, uh, in, uh, this privacy rights. Eh? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have what you call an image rights regime in this country that uh, talks about how uh, exploitation of, let's say, your photograph. Eh? Mm-hmm. And um, in other jurisdictions, these are called publicity rights. We are talking about privacy rights here eh, today's uh, today's um, uh, discussion, but they are also what are called publicity rights, and uh, wh- how you benefit from mm-hmm. um, your information being publicized or from 
publicizing your info. So because of that, it has become a bit difficult to tell when it is actually a breach of uh, um, privacy and when it's really, I don't know, it's just an image rights exploitation I would, uh, in a sense. So people have been coming to what's the um, ODPC or towards, to use data protection because mm. it exists. The law is there. So it is the most convenient. And now a lot of people are getting scared. They, they say, okay, we don't want to go that route. Uh, let's settle this, this matter. And so because of that, we find, you find some very ridiculous stories. I was talking to one of these um, state institutions. Uh, would you imagine they, well, that's what they told me. <laughs> that they paid. <laughs> you know, said, no, 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 it was in an open forum. Yes. They uh -oh. said that uh, they, were, um, they were taken, I think, uh, before the magistrate because they had breached somebody's information. Wow. That um, they, they, they ended up paying 10 million. I said, what? 10 million. But you see now, uh, only. that's what I'm saying. You could say it's only 10 million. Only. <laughs> yeah, only. <laughs> only. <laughs> but, uh, but you see, um, even when I listened to them, I was asking them, you know, um, first of all, why were you even in court? Because this, this matter is something that you could have. The first port of call is the Office of the Data Protection Commission, yeah. who not only is given the, the, right, the mandate to first handle these matters, that's uh, where you should go before you go to court, but also uh, by now has developed the competency to determine, okay, where the, does this matter lie? You know, is it a very, very, very mm. grave mm. Uh, violation of somebody's uh, privacy? Or is this something that really I feel they can mediate outside? And uh, I'm sure Kina Mutua probably have similar stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably, but not 10 million yet. <laughs> but um, you see, we do this show for our listeners, mm. right? Mm. And uh, there are a number of questions that have come in. And um, I wouldn't want just to brush them off. Mm. There was a question about, um, I'll ask three questions to the th three gentlemen. One, there was a question about AI being a threat and how it's being addressed in this yeah. country. So I would want James to take that mm -hmm. as the first question. Then there was a question about pro bono. Yes. That's whether the Zika. Data Privacy Governance Society yeah. of Kenya mm. has been doing and does it offer pro bono services. And then the last one to Philip. Was the Data Protection Act meant to fail? Because you look at the fines vis-a-vis, -vis how you, when you look at the fines, how they appear. So, who, do, who wants to go first? James, let me kill you because you're already, you're already speaking about oh, okay. AI. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, obviously, AI um, has also come in, and as uh, many of you have seen, um, among the things that have uh, emerged is uh, what we call deep fakes, eh? They're both shallow fakes and deep fakes. Mm -hmm. And they have been occurring, especially on some of these um, social media platforms. But now there sometimes it goes beyond where you say um, you generate uh, probably images of somebody in a very compromising uh, situations. Eh? Yeah. Um, and uh, people actually believe and, they, and they, uh, such images or videos start trending uh, purportedly that it's that person. So even by the time <laughs> even you get to know about it, uh, you know, it has spread far and wide. Um, so whether AI has been a challenge, um, obviously we do not have a specific regulation that, goes, that speaks to AI. And there's qu the questions as to wh whether we even we should. Because uh, we are at that point where the technology is coming in and uh, comparisons have been given to even how we dealt with them PESA. 
and we have not yet started gauging what are the what are the benefits versus what are the what are the risks mm-hmm. so should we rush to regulate it but there is also feeling that number one under the data protection act there has been uh, some provisions that speak to what's the regulation of ai but in a limited sense when you're talking about we talk about automated data processing so that that is to say for instance um when you go to your bank or to a lender and they have all this info on you and they give you a credit score and they decide whether or not you qualify for a loan Correct. that that is automated uh, decision making mm. they've taken your data they done the algorithms have uh, done they say yeah, this guy is likely not to pay <laughs> you know and so one of the threats that we've been facing is that uh, when you we, we import these programs because largely they are being done in uh, the US Europe China is that they could have detrimental effects on people um, for instance we could buy say a security system from China and it has certain biases you know and you place it or you you use these images you have we have cameras out here and um, you know you are wrongly targeted or you identified as a criminal so there, there are a number okay. of things that we talk about that uh, may be yeah so yeah um, maybe let, let me let Mugambi, Mugambi. proceed in the interest yes. of time. <laughs> so uh, I think my question was on pro bono yeah. but that you mentioned the data privacy and governance society has been around for just around 14 months Oh, okay. within those 14 months i mean like i said we've done uh, we do monthly uh, webinars for our members we've carried out a survey that uh, philip talked about just mm-hmm. to get a feel about how the professionals in the in the field are faring we've come out come up with a guidance for our professionals so for example if somebody wants to mm-hmm. is about to be employed or seeks employment as a data protection officer either internally or externally we've provided guidance about what are the things they need to look um uh, to look at We've done, uh, Philip talked about the issue of awareness. We've done awareness for public sector, data protection officers, civil society, uh, data protection officers. So that, I, I mean, as I said, it's just basically mentorship and growing each other. And then uh, in the next few months, we'll actually, it's good that person asked about pro bono. We are launching what we call a pro bono lawyer scheme. Mm-hmm. Currently, we have uh, 33 lawyers, advocates of the high court, who have volunteered to be pro bono advocates. And these pro bono advocates, once we launch it, will be helping uh, Kenyans either file complaints with the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner or uh, litigate. Um, I know that's legalese. I'm looking for a uh, for an easier word for it to, to to litigate those cases. I mean, to follow up those complaints with the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner. And um, once that is in place, of course, we'll make it public. But if somebody wants to reach us, we have an email, which is dataprivacyke at gmail.com. So data privacy as one word plus ke. So it's dataprivacyke as one word at gmail.com. You can look at us on Twitter at data, datagovproske or on LinkedIn, datagovernancepros.kenya. And then somebody will guide you about that pro bono scheme uh, once it's launched. All right. Um, then it's uh, now to me to answer. Mutu has asked whether the Data Protection Act was meant to fail. I will answer this question by giving us a practical scenario of the WorldCoin scenario in Kenya, where there was a big uproar when um, the whole WorldCoin thing erupted. And the main bone of contention was, was their data protection impact assessment um, conducted in that regard. And this also brings out the element of the practicality of data protection in our real world. So WorldCoin comes into Kenya, they are doing all this new technology in terms of collecting data, iris scans and all that, and the government is on their heels. 
And uh, we're saying a data protection impact assessment needs to be done because these Kenyans are vulnerable subjects. And uh, I want to pose a question to uh, like our listeners and to us in studio. What do you think or who do you think is a vulnerable subject? Because the Data Protection Act essentially is meant to return control of personal data back to the person who has provided it. So it is returning control back to the people. And so they're saying we're giving 7,000 Kenya shillings for every Irish scan. Yeah, that was controversial. I never understood that until today. Of course, everyone here (laughs) would uh, be like, ah, you know, 7,000. But every time I train, I always ask, Today, if they asked you that, uh, come give us your iris scan, but we'll give you 350,000 Kenya shillings as tokens per person. Wow. Then instantly, all of us here in studio, well, most well, of why our why do we sign up? Instantly, we all become... When do we start? Instantly, all become vulnerable subjects. Absolutely. And so the mm. act is meant to protect against such excesses, you know, because anytime someone is collecting your data, there's always that informational asymmetry. And so the Data Protection Act is not meant to fail. It's meant to support the government's um, overarching role of protection of its citizens. Always took us through uh, Article 31 on the right to... Um, privacy and the data protection act is just meant to emphasize this in the technological or digital space and so it is going to be here for a while i know i know there's going to be a lot of amendments to fit the kenyan situation we borrowed a lot of this from um the the the, the uk i mean the european union and so right now is when we are trying to understand oh this does not fit in the kenyan context this fits and uh, how do we adjust so to answer your question briefly it's not gonna fail. It uh, won't fail. It's here to stay. And maybe, okay. what, maybe, maybe a, a quick one, just on that uh, issue of uh, whether it was set up to fail, uh, because Immaculate Kasait uh, <coughs> once uh, addressed this issue uh, that the fines were not punitive enough, and she said that at the drafted stage of this law, it was felt that Kenya is an SME economy, or is largely an SME economy. So if we have fines, uh, gigantic fines like you see in the EU, that we would essentially be killing our economy because. These are small businesses. But now with the Walcoin uh, saga, uh, the parliamentary committee that was uh, investigating that matter, they actually, in their report, one of their recommendations is that the law should be amended to give the Data Protection Commission a wide discretion to issue punitive damage, uh, p- punitive, sorry, e- punitive English, English. fines, sorry, to, <laughs> issue, <laughs> to, issue, okay. to issue very uh, harsh fines, ha- fines that it is felt are deterrent. Because some of these oh, fines, yeah, w- when you when you look at some of the organizations that are involved, really it's like a slap on the wrist. Okay, gentlemen, very quickly, and this one is something that we were going to discuss with Nick Ndeda, but we ran out of time. And we were talking about a situation where you have your beautiful, beautiful lady, Mukapendana Sana, Mukapendana Sana, and you know you loved each other. And then you took photos of yourselves... Uh, uh, how you used to call it, you are orthopras, nude to the child. And then somewhere along the line, Mumekosana. Mumekosana, this person is on a revenge mission. They decide, you know what, I'm going to put this out there for them to see because I'm angry with you. How do you handle this situation like Actually, this? Actually, they already caught decisions on this. Okay. Uh, I think we have like two, three court decisions. Okay. That I've said, um, if people in an intimate relationship and they share these uh, images, mm-hmm. they are for purposes of that relationship. So, in the event these images and videos are shared outside that relationship, the court has issued uh, has issued what can I say? Uh, damages fines. For me, I also think it, yeah, yeah, it has given compensation to yeah. the to the aggrieved party. I, I think that's better. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. For, yeah, for me, I also think it depends on uh, what. <laughs> they are seeing, what the public is seeing. 
And there oh. was silence. Hey, okay. What? Carrie. Yeah. We can't let these gentlemen just go like that. Yeah. They are visitors. They yeah. need to have a parting shot. Yes. We'll give them 30 seconds 30 each. 30 seconds each because yes. of the time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Okay, Philip, we start with you. Um, all right, I was pointing across uh, people in the studio. So thank you very much for having us here today. Um, data protection is here to stay. Data protection is um, um, a picking up um, profession in the country. And I'd advise every young professional out there, especially if you're in IT or in the legal field, it's very easy for you to pivot into this. There's a huge market, not just in Kenya, but across Africa. So with the right mentorship, with the right people to hold your hands, you are sure and destined to go far in this profession. Oh, thank you. Okay. Um, <coughs> yeah, uh, same um, mine will just to reiterate to everyone, to uh, all our listeners, that um, uh, you have privacy. I mean, you have a right to your privacy and, and your data. And um, in case you feel that maybe somebody holds your information and they, they shouldn't or what they're actually doing with it, then it is with absolutely within your right to request formally. And they are required by law to tell you what information they hold on you and for okay. what purpose they are using it. Amazing. So, Kwaivo, um, exercise your data protection rights. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Th- thank you so much, Mutua. Thank you so much, Kiari. Thank you, Capital FM, for inviting the Data Privacy yes. and Governance Society for this important debate about privacy and data protection. I think it's, uh, it's the topic of the day, and uh, uh, James talked about AI. There's a lot of debate on that. And as I said, we as a society, we are we are we welcome whether you are in uh, in a campus, whether you're an IT professional, whether you're a lawyer, private, public sector. We welcome people to to congregate with us and discuss the challenges that we are facing, build each other, mentor each other. And as I said, if you wish to reach us, just uh, go to dataprivacyke@gmail.com, uh, drop an email. Yeah. We'll also tell you when we start our pro bono service. Definitely, will uh, Mutua will say it yeah. in the show once yes. we start that. And um, if you also wish to have uh, some of the sensitization sessions that um, uh, Philip and James was talking about, drop us an email and somebody will reach out to you and uh, and, and give you direction. So as, as a society, as they say, we usually pride ourselves on being so inclusive. Mm-hmm. So whether your level of data um, uh, protection is uh, at a very high level or you're just starting, you're, you're welcome. Drop us an email or a direct message on Twitter, Data Governance Pro K, uh, KE. Uh, and also data governance uh, pros on uh, on LinkedIn, and all this has been made able by some of our partners like mm-hmm. Amnesty International, nice. uh, CPIT at Strathmore uh, University, and really they're the ones who have built us to be to be where we are by providing us the resources and time. And as uh, Mutua said, a lot of what we do is is, is basically uh, giving us uh, our time and resources. We are not paid; we don't derive any That's salaries good. or Thank allowances. Yeah. And uh, we hope to continue this to the best way possible. Absolutely. This conversation absolutely it has to continue. Mutua, uh, drum rolls, drum rolls, please. <laughs> Super Mutua, thank you so much for coming through. Mutua, as always, every Thursday with me. And of course, uh, Philip Kiseka, bright, 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 bright. Bugambi Laibuto, bright. James Mbugwa, bright. Sharpies. Remember, this conversation continues every Thursday. 0701984984. Hashtag quick. Uh, one Wakili hashtag. Uh, the legal insider. Carrier. Yes, sir. Before we go, mm-hmm. there's someone who we cannot afford not to thank. Yes, please. If not, so I don't know what is going to happen. Okay. It's Office of the Data Protection okay. Commissioner. Yes. 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 Those are the regulators yes. in uh, this field. Yes. And um, they've done a lot of work within, uh, was it two and a half years? They've done immense stuff. Okay. So we have to thank them. Yes, we in do. A big we do. Thank yes. you so, so very, very much. And uh, gentlemen, by the way, you'll be back here 
<laughs> well, thank you. You will be back. Yeah, really. Pusi hepe. Utakuwa hapa. Tutarudi, tutarudi. Please, eh? Bogwa, tutarudi. Thank you so much, gentlemen. We'll be back. We'll be back. Yeah, so remember, every Thursday, we're here. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen.